Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in the Greenville area. You can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs. And please, just a reminder, like, review, subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes if you enjoy this. Um, That's the way you make sure that you support the show and don't miss episodes is if you like, review, subscribe, leave a comment, any of those things. I'd appreciate all of those things. Um, In fact, I'm so dedicated to the show that it is 10 o'clock at night on a Monday night, and I've had a long day. It was a Monday. It was a big-time Monday for me, Um, but I really, really wanted to get this content out. Actually, this content for this week's uh, show started as a uh, a post that I was going to do on social media, and then my post got really long, and I was like, this is a podcast. This isn't just a post. Like the, Nobody's going to read this. Um, and so um, I decided that, yeah, heck yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and actually make a podcast out of this rather than continue to uh, create this super long social media post about something that I'm nerding out about that most people won't even read, and that will probably get demoted in uh, the Facebook and and whatever other uh, social media platform algorithm uh, because it's so long. Um, But I've been thinking about recently about what is going on in the real estate world? Because there are, we've talked about this before, there are kind of two competing camps right now in the real estate world. The one camp is uh, the data-oriented camp that's like, hey, there's no data out there that would indicate that we're going to experience any sort of a real estate crash anytime soon. And then there's another camp that is just kind of vibing on, oh yeah, a major crash is about to happen. Just wait. It's going to happen. Um, and there's not a whole lot of data for them. They, I, I saw one recently. So there's this account, pretty well-known account. It's not a terrible account, but um, on Twitter called Unusual Whales. Uh, they post a lot of interesting stuff on there, but they're very much in the you know real estate crash is coming camp, which I disagree with them on that uh, for, for the time being, at least. Um, but they you know, will find things out there that support what they believe. So they like found some, I don't remember who it was, Moody's or or someone that had put out there that uh, within the next so many years that 40% of all real estate will be owned by institutional investors. That is insane. It hasn't, you know, it's usually around like two and a half percent of residential real estate is, is owned by uh, institutional investors for it to go to 40% would be an unbelievable development. Even if that happened in the next 50 years, that would be an unbelievable development. Um, so anyway, uh, my point is that there's a data oriented camp and then more of a vibes oriented camp. I like to be more in the data oriented camp, which, uh, if you're, if you're, Looking at data, there's not a lot of data that would indicate that a crash in real estate is coming. But we know that crashes do happen. It does. They do happen. And, and, you know, I've said that we experienced a real estate recession. Some would argue that we're still in it. Some would argue that we're out of it. Um, That happened last year when when mortgage rates suddenly skyrocketed up. 
Uh, but what we didn't experience was any sort of climactic price drop. We didn't see any depreciative environment, and that took a lot of these doomers, as we'll call them, uh, that are looking for a real estate crash, that caught them by surprise. They really, really thought, oh man, these rates are going up. It's going to be awful. Prices are going to come way down. They're going to come. I saw some people, I don't know why this 40% number keeps floating around in different contexts, but I saw some people say real estate's going to go down 40%. Prices are going to go down 40% in the next few years. Well, that didn't even happen during the Great uh, Great Recession. So, um, so that would be a, a pretty tremendous uh, development if prices went down 40%. Um, a lot of people would be very happy. You know who'd be really happy? The, the ultra wealthy would be really happy. They would be the ones that would really, really benefit. Uh, they would just be buying up real estate everywhere. Um, so I am. I don't want to see that happening happen because that will disproportionately that that would be a major recession that would disproportionately hurt the the uh, least wealthy people in the economy and would disproportionately help uh, the wealthiest people in the economy. And I don't want to see that happen. Um, but as I already alluded, crashes do happen. We do see sometimes economic events that cause prices to go down, and so it's worth thinking about. Okay, so the data would not lead me to believe that that's going to happen like anytime soon, right? But is there somewhere in the data that we can come up with a time when it might happen? And so I, I started to look into this. And so the, the predominant discussion right now is all about mortgage rates. And here's what I keep seeing these doomers saying. I, I keep seeing them saying on Twitter and whatnot that... Um, if rates don't go down, the real estate market's going to crash. Of course, they said that last year too, and it didn't. Um, I've seen some say, oh yeah, rates are going to go up to 10, 12%. Um, could could happen. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, uh, you know, I don't know why people are wishing that on the economy. Um, but I've seen people make that claim. And, um, and, and so then they go from that conclusion again they're just vibing that's there, there's no indication that that's going to happen the fed has not given any indication that they're going to do that um this is all just based on vibes but they'll say okay rates are going to skyrocket even more it's going to completely cause the housing market to crash and yes the housing market we have seen very directly the past 3 years is the level of demand is directly proportionate to uh, mortgage rates. Mortgage rates are low, demand skyrockets. Mortgage rates go high, demand drops. Okay, um, but with regard to what's happening in the mortgage rate world, and we I've had other shows about this. Um, the Fed obviously pulls the the puppet strings when it comes to mortgage rates, but the Fed is giving mixed signals on interest rates right now, and um, I think it's. Uh, a reasonable assumption. I, I don't know what's going to happen next year, but but it's certainly within the realm of possibility that rates will remain near their current level well into next year, well into 2024. And um, and again, I read a lot of doomers claiming that there will be a housing price crash that happens, um, but I really don't think we're there yet. And I want to. Go ahead and and I'm gonna if you're looking if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to screen share. Give me a second here while I figure out how to do this. I should know how to do this because I do it all the time. All right, um, I am screen sharing. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, I'll just explain to you what I'm looking at. We're looking at the 
average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage in the U.S., uh, according to the Federal Reserve, the St. Louis Fed's numbers that they come out with, very useful resource. These numbers are always a little bit lower, in my opinion, than than what they are in in real life. Um, but but nonetheless, is a helpful resource. Goes all the way back into uh, the seventies. So um, I'm looking at this, and and I'm I'm mostly interested in the past uh, twenty to thirty years. What has happened the past twenty to thirty years? So here's the the reality of the situation. We have rates hovering in the high sixes, low sevens right now, and that directly correlates to what we saw um, really historically going back if, if you and we've we've talked about this before but if you go back before the great recession before the the world financial crisis of 2007 2008 and and after that rates were in in the sixes and sevens that was a very common thing to see in the 90s and early 2000s um so we can say i mean that was basically what mortgage rates were for like a really, really long time. They've only been low in recent years. So if we're going to assume that rates being in, let's just call it the sevens, is going to crash the housing market, we need to also look at, well, what what has it done in the past, right? What has happened in the past when rates were at the level that they that they are right now? Now, um, the data that I have in in front of me at the moment um, is only going back to 1998. But in 1998, um, looking at the Black Knight Home Price Index, um, back in like I said, back in the 90s and early 2000s, we saw a rate environment that was a mortgage rate environment that was similar to what we have right now, where rates were in the sixes, sevens, sometimes eights. What was happening then in terms of home price appreciation? Home price appreciation then fluctuated between 5 and 15%. Now, the 15% per year, that was right before the great financial crisis. So that's inflated. But if we go back to the late 90s, it was in the 5% per year range. That's a very healthy number, right? Prior to the pandemic, when things shot up, uh, home price appreciation was just a hair below 5%. And so if we look back historically, again, I prefer to be looking at data and not to just be uh, basing things off of vibes. Um, I'm, not a, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of, of basing anything off of vibes. Um, we need to uh, accept the reality that for a long time, there is a high mortgage rate environment that did not result in home prices going down. What happened in the great financial crisis, that's a whole nother thing. And, you know, I'm sure that there will be some people that will argue, well, yes, the rates were higher back then, but there were also uh, looser lending standards. A lot of the looser lending standards happened more in the in the uh, mid-2000s, okay? That wasn't as prevalent in the 90s. Uh, and so we have to grapple with the fact that it is... You know, there's a lot that is different now than what was in the 90s, obviously. Um, But we need to grapple with the fact that, historically speaking, we have experienced a world where 
rates were where they are now and where home prices still appreciated at a rate of 5%. Now, if you're looking at the chart that I'm that I'm sharing that I, I hope that I'm sharing, um, I'm I'm using Zoom here on uh, on my uh, uh, recording, and it's not the the perfect thing to do. Um, I will be improving that at some point. I just need some time to get there. Um, but you can see that we've had a huge drop off. Uh, where right now the the most recent number that Black Knight has is 0.8 percent year on year appreciation. Um, so we're not even anywhere near five percent at the moment. But I I suspect that that will. Uh, or at least there's a very good chance that that will um, continue to to rebound here. Um, and so here's the thing. Here's where I'm going with all of this. We know that rates, mortgage rates, obviously play a large role in the housing market. They play a massive role in the housing market. Um, but, and this is just common sense, this shouldn't come as a shock to anyone what plays a bigger role in the housing market is the number of buyers, right? We've talked about this so many times, supply and demand. These are the two things you have to look at in order to keep your uh, your uh, analysis away from just being vibes-oriented. You need to look at supply and demand. And so when demand is high, that's going to push buyer activity that's going to push prices up. That's just the way it happens. And so what is the reason for the insane activity that happened during the pandemic? It wasn't just a weird pandemic bubble. This was actually a very predictable thing that happened. And that was that my generation, the millennials, came on board during that time. We're a massive generation. I'm going to uh, pull up here. Um, U.S. population by age. And you can... If you're, if you're looking at this graph online, you can see that millennials are a huge generation. And so uh, when we kind of came online, now I, I've been a homeowner for, uh, for a long time, but a lot of millennials only became homeowners since the pandemic. There's a variety of reasons for that. I'm not going to get into that uh, right at this moment. Um, but the... Um, the reality is that what happened was a very unique thing. Typically, we have one or two generations that are the major buyers of real estate at one given time. But what happened, and what is still the case today, but what happened when millennials came on board, and what is still happening right now, is that we actually have three generations of Americans that are major, major players in uh, in the home sale market right now, major home purchasers all simultaneously, and I don't know if this has ever happened. I'm not. I'm no historian, um, but I, it's definitely unique by modern day standards. Um, so what basically what we had was we had millennials coming on board, but simultaneously Gen X, Gen X in a lot of ways started buying later. Than, uh, than many generations are also a smaller generation, which you can see on, on the uh, chart that I'm showing. They're smaller than baby boomers and millennials just in general. Um, but, the, um, but the gist is that Gen X has been very active. They, they are in peak or, or just past peak buying age, but still, a, but still heavy, heavy on, on the purchasing side of things. Um, but what's also unique is that baby boomers, 
uh, those that are roughly retirement age at this point, have been much more active in purchasing than what we typically see for retirement age people. And this is a result of a lot of different things. One one is that the, the idea of downsizing, and I've seen this directly in my business, downsizing has almost gone away by people of retirement age. They don't want to downsize. You know what they want? They want a place where their kids can come over, where their grandkids can come over. They want to have room. That is the way the the... It is now. That's very different. Back in, uh, you know, what your grandparents uh, or, or you know, if you're listening and you're a baby boomer, perhaps your parents, a lot of times they didn't care so much about having grandkids over. They wouldn't have toys in their house. They wouldn't do any of these things that now are just kind of an expectation for uh, for grandparents today. Um, and so the other thing is that you have baby boomers chasing their children, Right. Because what happened is a lot of, uh, you know, my generation, for instance, and some of Gen X as well, they couldn't afford to live where, where they grew up. They couldn't find a job where they grew up. Maybe they didn't even want to live there where they grew up for whatever reason anyway. And so they had to move. All of a sudden, parents find uh, that all of their children have moved all over the place. And now these children are having grandchildren. And most parents uh, or, or most people, uh, grandparents, want to be near their grandchildren most of the time. Um, and so we have baby boomers buying a lot more real estate uh, again because they're moving at a season of life when traditionally people haven't moved. Typically, again, your grandma, she probably was living in the same house at the end of her life that she had been in for the past 30 years. No longer is that the absolute norm. We see a whole lot more of the of people that are uh, towards the end of their life, they have made a fairly recent real estate purchase. And so we have three generations simultaneously uh, making a lot of real estate purchases. And I find that to be extremely interesting. And what's particularly interesting is that baby boomers are sitting on the largest amount of retirement cash in human history. Now, I'm, I'm talking about as a collective generation, obviously there are not every single baby boomer has tons and tons of cash, um, but as a generation, they're sitting on the largest amount of just kind of cash in general in human history. I think I have a slide somewhere. Uh, okay, uh, we'll have to we'll have to come back to that. I think I have a slide somewhere that uh, that maybe depicted that. Um, if I if I find it, I will um, I'll show it to you guys. Um, but basically, well, uh, what I can show you is this one, uh, and and this is a really fascinating data point, is that uh, in so far in 2023, 39% of buyers are baby boomers, and that is the highest number. They actually eclipsed for the first time since uh, the 2014, basically, they eclipsed millennials and became a bigger home buyer than millennials. Why? Because they have cash. They were not impacted by mortgage rates going up to 7%, whereas my generation tends to not have the cash. The 7% interest rates really hurt our demand. So now we've seen, and I mean, this is like unprecedented to have the basically the oldest generation. We still have some of the what they call the silent generation that are, are still with us today. But baby boomers make up the largest demographic of, of those of, of retirement age. And they are the predominant buyer of real estate right now. 
Um, and that is uh, really a, an incredible an incredible thing when you think about it. But this is all contributing to all of the demand that we have. We just have a, a tremendous amount of demand uh, from three different generations simultaneously. As I said, though, like the broader economy sometimes crashes, real estate um, also crashes, and and it is likely to at some point in the future. We just we don't know exactly when, but it will happen at some point. We will see an environment when prices go down. That's just the reality of of how markets work. So how can we? without just relying on vibes, actually try to determine when this will happen. And I think that there is a very, very simple answer in a lot of ways, and it is uh, when the baby boomer generation becomes less of a force. By 2029, the entire baby boomer generation will be at or past retirement age. Uh, so that keep that, keep that date in mind, the year 2029, basically the end of the decade. Um, and I also heard recently, I, I couldn't find this data, but I heard it on a podcast that's, that's a good podcast that I was listening to, that by, uh, I believe, five years from now, so 2028, 2029, around that same time, the average baby boomer will be 80 years old, which tends to be a big milestone for less real estate activity. And, and, we'll, and that will be felt even more with baby boomers being more active uh, than retirement age people in the real estate market. Now, that will also, again, talking about 2029, that will also coincide with Generation X, Gen X being at their traditional late 50s, early 60s, okay, we're, we're staying put at the moment. We're not making any major changes. Um, we're right on the cusp of retirement. Maybe they made uh, a bit of a downsize when they were empty nesters. Maybe not. Again, the downsizing thing is not really a thing anymore, so we're finding uh, more people that are are in that situation. I've got a hair in my face that's driving me crazy. Um, I think I got it. Um, we're finding more people that would traditionally downsize aren't, and I already alluded to that. Um, but in in a lot of cases, I think Gen X will find themselves empty nesters. And we'll be looking at it like, well, I don't want to downsize. I don't have grandchildren yet. Um, I'm going to wait until the grandkids come around. And, you know, that's going to be well past 2029 that Gen Xers are, generally speaking, uh, grandparents. And just based on how uh, all these generations are playing out. Well, so we've got essentially by 2029, we should see a big drop off in baby boomer activity. We should see, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to pull this up here. Um, age by generation. Um, I'm not going to go through this, but but just in case you're um, in case you're watching on YouTube, this will kind of help you to to conceptualize all, all of these things. So um, so we're going to potentially by the end of this decade see baby boomers and Gen X basically. I don't want to say disappear from the real estate landscape, but become not a big story in the real estate landscape. Millennials will be by far the dominant force at that point. But what about Generation Z, Gen Z? Well, the oldest Gen Zers in 2029 will be 32 years old. Currently, the average age of a first-time home buyer is 36. That's the highest number, I think, ever. 
I, I, I did a little bit of research into this and was astonished. That number has skyrocketed in recent years as housing affordability has gone down. So in 2029, the oldest Gen Zers will still be on average four plus because if this number keeps going up, I mean, we might see Gen Zers that without help from their parents may end up not being able to buy their first home until their late 30s, maybe early 40s. That's that's insane. We've never had a generation uh, that has had to wait so long in their life in, in modern history uh, to become homeowners. But they are not going to be a force in 2029. And so what we're going to see in the next five to six years is we're going to see a market dominated by three generations, I believe, go down to one. And that will be my generation, the millennials, um, who were born basically between 1981 and 1996. Our peak home buying years, the millennial peak home buying years, will will be continuing on uh, for basically uh, the next decade is is what would be expected. Um, and so, what does all this mean? Oh, uh, I, I actually I I just found the um the information on the baby boomer statistics uh, that uh, I I couldn't find the slide before. So they make up here. The, before I, I get into the high points, I, I think that this is interesting. Baby boomers make up 28% of the population, but they are responsible for over half of consumer spending. That's incredible. Um, and that definitely trickles into the real estate market. As we've already seen, there are almost 40% of spending in the real estate market. Actually, uh, that uh, slide that I showed you guys, that was the share of home buyers. I bet if you looked at the actual price point, that they are purchasing at, they probably make up over half of of, uh, of spending in real estate. If you consider it from the standpoint of uh, of the how expensive the homes are that they're buying, um, baby boomers control eighty percent of personal financial assets. Twenty eight percent of the population controls eighty percent of personal financial assets. So this is going to be a big deal, guys. This is going to be a big deal when baby boomers at the end of this decade drop out essentially, of the real estate market. That's going to have a very, very, uh, a very big effect. Uh, there's there's simply no way around it. And uh, and we need to to just come to grips with that. That's the, the reality of the situation. And so what does, at the end of the day, what do, oh, sorry, I'm, I apologize. This is, this is from a lack of, of preparation. I actually really tried to prepare for this podcast, but there's so much data so many slides uh, that it, it was hard for me to um, to just f- fully prepare well here. Um, but I, I found this interesting. The National Association of Realtors came out with a home ownership rate for those under 35, uh, under 35 years of age. And there's been a huge, there was a huge drop off uh, before the pandemic. Now, after the pandemic, when there was easy money, we saw the home ownership age go back up to the, the sorry, the average home ownership rate go back up to 39%, but it had been in the low to mid 30s uh, for the bulk of the uh, post uh, Great Recession environment. Um, and And those are historically low numbers. So we're seeing a lower, long story short, a lower homeownership rate for those under the age of 35 uh, now than historically. For context, before the the world financial crisis, the average homeownership rate for those uh, under the age of 35 
was hovering around 43. Now they're at 39, and that's a high number for the past few years that's likely to go back down. So home ownership rate for those under the age of 35, very, very low. And like I said, Gen Z may may find that number to be, I mean, it could be insanely low for them. Okay, so what does all this mean? I think at the very least, if you haven't already figured this out, I think it's reasonable to assume price appreciation will slow by the end of this decade. I'm not saying prices will go down, but I think for sure we should see prices slow as there are fewer buyers, less demand. But if when all of these things happen, we see a major recession or some other major negative housing event that happens, maybe a war, who knows, um, we could actually see an environment similar to what we experienced in uh, 2007, 2008, 2009, basically through 2012, of uh, prices actually going down. Now, usually they they do rebound after time, but that really has an impact on the market. Um, and and it's a very real possibility. You know, when, when things are already kind of hanging by a, a thread in, in the housing market from the standpoint of uh, basically three different generations relying on uh, or three different generations bolstering the housing market, two of them basically become a non-factor, that's going to have an impact. And yeah, if we uh, if if we do see a major price correction, the type that the doomers are looking for, this is when I would guess that the next crash could happen, is if we have some kind of recession or something like that, uh, that happens towards the end of this decade. So let the record show that even though I'm very optimistic about the housing market, I'm not one of these that says the market can never correct, that the market will never go down. No, it it does occasionally go down. I just don't think that the data says that that's going to happen within the next year or two. Um, the other thing that we have to keep tra- tabs on is delinquency rates. Those are at all-time lows. There's not foreclosures coming into the market or anything like that anytime soon. So, uh, but that could happen. There could, and I actually have heard people say that they think there might be foreclosures, you know, kind of coming, more foreclosures coming on board in the market within the next five years or so. So that could be very interesting. We could see a major turnaround in the market um, happen in, by, by the end of this decade. Now, will it last for forever? No, it never, it never does, but it could very well be a thing and uh, if it happens, you heard it first here. You were prepared and you made good lifestyle choices knowing that that was a possibility by the end of this decade. Um, and you can thank me later for that. In the meantime, I'm going to thank you guys for listening to the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, comment, all of those things. If you need a realtor, my contact information is in the show notes. I can help you in Greenville. I can refer you to realtors all over the country. Um, and so please, that's my only way of making money Uh through this show. So please go ahead and uh, and and use me and refer me if you're willing to, if you don't mind, my contact information in the show notes. As always, thank you guys for listening and for watching. We will talk again next time.